Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike. Welcome to the show. Okay, so I'm actually recording this quite a few days before the normal uh, release date. So um, if you're listening to this right now, I've recorded this probably a week ago because I'm actually, um, today is eBay Open. And uh, if you don't know what eBay Open is and you're first hearing about it here, it's too late. So you'll have to go next year. Um, But essentially, it is a two-day uh, actually four through six, I guess that's three day, three day kind of half days of, you know, lectures and presentations and things like that to help you kind of grow your business on eBay. So it's, it's kind of a neat thing that they used to do live. And, um, I've never been live and I actually, I, I was planning to go live this year if they had it and I will go live next year when they do have it. So obviously if you do come up and talk to me. But um, the reason why I bring it up because is they have two um, different people that they're going to be talking to. Um, and actually, uh, they're also on the website too. So I, uh, the eBay website that is. And actually, I want to correct that there's three really. But the reason why I, I want to talk about it and, and um, you know, I don't know what they're going to say because obviously I haven't seen them yet, uh, yet and they'll, they'll be talking, I think, today and tomorrow. Um, but the reason why I bring it up is because we talk about scaling. Scaling is, an, uh, you know, is something that if you want to grow and be a full-time business and want to do this beyond a side hustle, um, there are multiple ways to do this. And um, and I've said some of this stuff before. So w- what's really interesting, though, is that here you get to see three people that um, that have, have pretty large eBay businesses that um, are doing exactly what I say you need to do. Now, just to be clear, um, I'm not anywhere near where these people are. One is a $25 million clothing business. One is a $100 million watch business. And the other one is a um, is a car parts business. But they employ 400 people across three warehouses in the United States. So I got to believe that they're pretty, probably pretty far up there too. Now, I'm not anywhere near that. And I, I don't think that I'm... In, in my current state of age and desire, I don't think I'm ever going to get that big. Although you, you never say never, obviously if it starts going that way, I'll definitely do it. But, um, they illustrate what is required to grow. And I want to really first talk about the clothing business uh, person. Her name is Linda Lightman and she goes by uh, Linda's stuff is her, is her store. And she has a hundred thousand clothing items. And the reason why I bring that up and obviously you, know, you, you might be listening to this and say, this is where I want to be. And that's great. Um, but I want to illustrate and I want to use this to illustrate what it takes to really scale her business in this case, clothing. And it's exactly what I said it is. Um, if you recall, and I'll just, I mean, you can go back and listen to that episode, but, um, you know, I want to, you know, say that what you need to scale a clothing business is a couple things. One space. She has a hundred thousand square foot, uh, um, warehouse, hundred thousand square feet. That's huge. And uh, as you can imagine, 
um, she doesn't work that by herself. She has a bunch of employees too. Now I don't recall in the article or on her video of, um, you know, how many employees she has, but I would imagine she it looked like she had three or four different photography, uh, uh, areas and she had, you know, people that would inspect stuff to make sure it's legitimate stuff. Cause she sells higher end stuff. And third, she had bin after bin after bin of clothing. Now, the interesting thing, the one thing I, I thought was kind of funny was is that she had the bins stacked on top of each other in rows, which I understand the rows because I do the same thing. And, but I don't understand the bins stacked up on, upon each other because if you want to get something on the bottom bin, you have to you know lift the three other bins. And she didn't have them rise off the floor. There's a few things that I, I would take exception to. But, uh, you know... Ultimately, you know, if you were going to have a clothing business, that's what I would imagine it looked like. And she had this massive warehouse. She does a thousand sales a day, a thousand. That is amazing. I mean, there was a f- shot of an article about her in, a, in the, her local newspaper, and it said a twenty-five million dollars business. So she didn't actually say it was twenty-five million dollars, but the but the uh, article did that they showed for two seconds. But a th- I imagine a thousand. Um, uh, items are going out a day. Her average sales price is about sixty-eight bucks. I I imagine sixty-eight bucks. So she's selling higher end stuff, which is great. Um, I, I did a quick perusal of her store, and that appears to be true. Um, and I don't know what she gets this for, but let's say she gets it for half. Um, and half would probably be, you know, it depends. So she's not going to thrift stores. This is not. She she talks about this in the video. She used to do used stuff. Now she's getting to the point where she's doing new stuff, the stuff that comes from um, closeouts at stores and things like that. But she's dealing directly with the uh, with the liquidator. She's not she's not thrifting, right? So so there's a t- couple things there that we you know, to take it back to the original episode. You need space. You need people. And you need the inventory to come to you. If you recall, that's what I've said. I, there might be some other things I said too, but. But, um, you know, inventory has to come to you. You can't go to it because movement is your enemy, as we've always said, right? And that's kind of equivalent to all of what's going on here. So if you look at YouTube videos of, um, you know, some prominent YouTubers out there, you'll see that they don't do this. They, what they do is they rent a storage unit and they start that way. I'll be, maybe they'll go bigger. Who knows? But they rent storage units. They go thrifting. They do all the things um, that end up not being scalable. So, um, so don't follow that. And I'm saying don't follow them. Do follow them as far as learning how to price things and how to, how to, you know, the mechanics of what you're doing. But if you're thinking about, you want to be Linda Lightman, not somebody from YouTube, then you really need to look at what she's done, not necessarily what they're doing. Right. And so I'm not trying to throw shade by the way on those YouTubers because they're making a good living. And if that's what you want to do, if that if you want to make, let's say $200,000 a year or a hundred thousand dollars a year, then, you know, go the YouTube route. Cause I think that's, they, they will show you the prominent YouTubers and some of them have been on this channel. Um, they will show you what to do to get to that level. Right. But that's not what I want to build. And what we talk about here is scaling, right? Scaling is the biggest thing. And, and you know, we, and listen, this is a learning process. I've, I watched those YouTube videos. I took some of their training courses. I went to, thr- I've been to thrift stores. Um, I've done all that. And 
I came to re- a realization that the only way to grow the business to the size I want to grow it. So I want to be a Linda Lightman, right? You know, so, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get there. And, um, I mean, obviously not to that level, right? Not to that size, but a hundred or 200,000 is not enough for me. So what I'm suggesting is that you not only listen to me, but also look, watch those videos that she has up there and see that, um, that, uh, you know, what it takes to scale your business. What are the elements that you could do? What are the levers you need to, to pull? And she started small. She said she went to a 6,000 square foot. She went from her house to a 6,000 square foot warehouse to a 100,000 square foot warehouse. And I might be skipping some steps, but, but the reality is she had to invest in her business to get it the size it is. Now, let's think of the levers. First lever is uh, photography, right? That's a huge lever. She, it requires a lot of space and people. Whereas if you go with something small, like I've been advocating, that you uh, can go with – you don't need all those stations. You don't need all those people. You know, those people could be listing rather than actually taking photographs and measuring, right? So, you know, that's one of the levers that she says, okay, I'm going to throw people at it. And then I don't have to worry about doing it myself because she's not doing this work herself. She, but she couldn't, right? Now, she's fully eBay. So that's another thing we talked about is cross-listing. Now, she didn't mention cross-listing, but I can't imagine – by any stretch of the imagination that she's sitting there with a list perfectly or a vendue and delisting a thousand items a day. I mean, she would need 10 people, well, not maybe 10, but she'd need two or three people to do nothing but delisting 24 seven. Imagine that she's not doing that. There's no way she's doing that. Although I'll verify if, if she allows questions during her presentation, then I will, uh, I'll ask that question, but I seriously doubt that she can do that. I don't think there's no, I mean, to me, the automation piece is an absolute necessity. Okay. The space piece again, how much she has a hundred thousand items in inventory listed. She probably has probably 10% more than that ready to be listed. And so think about this now, if she's doing 1% a day of sales. So in other words, she has a hundred thousand items. Is that 1%? Yeah. A thousand. So she has, a, she sells a thousand a day. And she has a hundred thousand items. So that's 1% a day that she sells. Now that's pretty high, mind you, even for clothing, that's pretty high, but those hundred thousand items require a hundred thousand in warehouse space. Now hundred thousand is probably also including, you know, things like offices and things like that. And she's definitely, she had a room full of cubicles. So she definitely has a ton of employees. What I'm saying is, is that you could get a hundred thousand items in a garage if you're dealing with small collectibles. So, you know, you, you might still not have a high of a uh, sale price. Now hers is 68 by my calculation could, could be wrong, but it sounds like $68 is about her average and mine's about 24. And, um, so anyway, so she can, um, stay at a hundred thousand, but if she wants to grow her business to 200,000. She's going to have to get a bigger warehouse. Whereas I think, <clears throat> Actually, I, by my calculations, I can get about five hundred thousand in in a garage a garage size uh, storage area, which is what I have or will have. And of course, if you're not taking photographs in your um, in your small space, you could actually then create remote workers to help you list. So you don't necessarily. And by the way, when I say remote workers, I mean remote workers from India or Costa Rica or somebody offshore that um, could be trained to create listings 
for you and they could be remote because all you have to do is put the uh, photographs in the Dropbox. So anyway, so like I said, size. So for 100,000 square feet, she's probably spending, well, <clears throat> I would say at least $10,000 a month. I would say even probably more than that. And that size of warehouse is going to be what they call triple net lease, which means you're paying taxes, insurance, and um, maybe maintenance. So triple net is taxes, insurance. Oh, I don't know what the, th the, uh, the third one is. I guess my point is that she's not paying she's not paying a thousand dollars a month for this thing or five hundred dollars a month for this thing. She's spending a ton of money doing that. So she so her twenty five million dollar sales business, you know, has probably got well, let's say, you know, probably forty thirty percent margin, maybe twenty percent margin. So out of that twenty five million. With all being said, she's probably making about seven and a half million, which I mean, listen, <laughs> I'd be happy with seven and a half million a year, but, but, uh, I think that's what my point is, is that, you know, it's not to say that she's not doing well, <laughs> she's doing exceedingly well. What my point is to say is that, um, 25 million, you, you know, there's a huge area of cost in there. And I'm saying, what I'm saying is that in what I'm ab advocating, you could do it in a much smaller space, probably with offshore help. And, uh, you know, just a lot less headache, frankly, I can imagine because I mean, they were showing her shipping with pallets of stuff being shipped out by UPS. So she probably has some deal with UPS probably doesn't use eBay shipping or maybe she does. Who knows? But, um, but you know, they, you know, people come to her for delivery. She's not going to the post office every day. Which is also, I mean, I can't even get away from that, right? And I have a, you know, I'm I'm probably within a mile of the post office, so so that's one of the reasons why I moved to where I moved because it's close to the things I need. So anyway, so what I'm saying is, she's a very very good example of what it's required to scale a business, and she's got a phenomenal business, I am sure. You know, I mean, she, eBay is touting her as being as being, you know, kind of the ultimate close seller. She's probably the largest close seller on the platform, I would guess. But just look at this and see what it's required to scale. And now you might, your goal might not be to be uh, to scale that way. And that's fine. I mean, really, I'm just saying just this is an example. And this is kind of illustrating what I've been saying all along in this on this podcast. Now, there is another um, one for a woman in Colorado called Colorado Reworn. And again, she, you could tell this person is a smaller scale, um, seller now. Uh, and I went to her store too. And you know, it's basically, she does, she's a thrifter, right? That's kind of where a lot of you and me, frankly, are at. And so that's probably more, um, a, a, a good view of what we're at. But so it's, it's, you, I would say, look at her, her video and her, and her questions on the platform and see, you know, what's the difference. And you can tell what the difference is right away. Right. So, um, just you know, everybody has their own goals. Just look at what both of them are doing and see what, what applies to you. And what do you want at your, you know, you have to have goals, right? So what do you want? Do you want to be like Liz Kane, Liz O'Kane, excuse me, from Colorado Reworn, or do you want to be like Linda Lightman from Linda's stuff? I mean, that's that's really kind of where you need to make the decision, or somewhere in between. I would say where I want to be is somewhere in between, because I can imagine I don't want a room full of employees. I, I just don't. I've been there. I've done the corporate thing before, and um, it's it's uh, you know it's different if you own it. I get it, but I would say to you that if you're if you have a room full of employees then your business is now your job 
And, and I will tell you that when it's time to resell your business, I would imagine Linda Lightman has a lot more opportunities than, than, uh, than the, um, uh, to Liz O'Kane. Oh, they're both, oh, I'm sorry, Linda, sorry, Lightman. She has a lot more opportunities than Liz O'Kane does. So Liz O'Kane, when she finishes, if she stays on a, her current path and I don't know what her goals are, you know, I don't know, whatever, but I mean, you, you could sell that they're, that's where they're going to be. Right. And so, I mean, she's not going to be able to sell, resell her business. She's, her business will be basically her stuff. Whereas I'd say Linda Lightman, she could probably get somebody to come in and take over the business. Okay. So that's going to take me. So I've enough about the clothes, right? So let's talk about the next one. The next guy, guy uh, what I want you to look at is uh, a guy named Roman Scharf from Luxury Bazaar. And again, this is all on the eBay website. So you, I'm not pulling people randomly, right? So. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. He has a $100 million watch business. Now, I'm not going to start doing calculations on his because I don't. his store is a lot smaller. And um, what I, from what I could tell, he's got stuff from $10. Well, I don't know about $10, but he's got stuff from like, let's say, $25 up to $4 million. Now... He also, which I want to illustrate his, he's, his selling much more, I mean, much smaller items. He would be the kind of items he's selling is something that I would advocate, right? So it is uh, small, so it doesn't need a lot of space. Shipping is probably, you know, it's, it's a small percentage of, of his sale. In other words, he could offer free shipping. It's no big deal. And now he does a bunch of things that I think are, re- are really cool, you know, he does, you know, three-year warranties. He does a bunch of stuff for his merchandise that, um, you know, I think create a greater seller or buyer experience, but I think actually is less on the sustainable unless you have uh, people around you that kind of implement this thing. So he's got a chief marketing officer. He's got a, an uh, accountant on staff. He's got a bunch of staff that do authentication and he does. He works with. Uh, he works with eBay directly on the watch sales that you see going on today, um, as far as authentication. I mean, this guy's connected. He obviously has a skill set, um, but you could tell his operation, even though dollar wise, is smaller um, or bigger. Excuse me, but his. I would say his profitability probably compared to these clothing sales is probably less. And the reason why I say that is because I can't believe his buy price is that low. Now he did give an example of buying something for ten thousand dollars and turning around for four million. So, you know, but see the thing is, is that if you have a, if you're making four million dollars sales, I would imagine for every four million dollars sale, he's probably making a thousand of a twenty five dollars sale, uh, given his store. Again, good business. He's he's definitely scaling it. You could tell. So he's scaling it. He's got people. So going back to the themes of of the prior podcast, he's got people that help him. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, he's doing, he has his own website, which I think he, he didn't start that way, but he has his own website now. And that website, um, 
he does some sales on that website. So you could tell that, you know, he's gone off platform because there are a lot of buyers who won't buy on eBay uh, for that type of thing. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I don't know. He doesn't sound like he has a physical store, but he definitely, they showed him uh, talking to some people and he had a, a room full of cubicles, although the cubicles looked empty. So I'm not really sure whether or not there are real people there all the time, but you know, that could be a COVID thing too. Maybe they, who knows? But I mean, the point is, is that he's, he's got space and you could tell this, you could tell from his lifestyle, he's got money. I mean, you really don't start in the luxury watch business unless you start with cash. So, um, that is a thing that I think is important. He also created a YouTube site that, that talks about his store and, and, uh, he shows luxury watches and things like that. So he's done stuff outside the platform. Again, we've talked about this in prior episodes, right? Where he's got a website, he's got his YouTube channel, he's got, um, external sales, uh, and then he's got eBay, right? His eBay is just part of his mix. And he talked about selling his business and it was, which is interesting because he, on the eBay for business podcast, he was interviewed as well. And I listened to it because I was interested and he talked about selling his business there. And then he kind of backed off about it a little bit, but whatever. I mean, you know, like I said, eBay, when you're that big, eBay is, is not going to get in your way of, of, of selling your business because uh, they're very clear that you're not supposed to sell your account. But in this case, it's not really his account. It's a business account. And so I would say, I would say there's probably ways around when you sell your business um, that eBay doesn't really necessarily need to be a participant in that decision, which is a good thing, I think. Actually, that's, I, I learned something there uh, that they didn't seem to, to bother. Now, I would imagine if you were a smaller seller, you know, they might get in your way. Because if or eBay was your only sales outlet, maybe they'll get in your way. I, I don't know, but um, this uh, you could tell when you are uh, listening to him speak that uh, you know he's got a plan for his business, and that's again, um, you know, I think that's what uh, the kind of the theme I'm bringing here is. You need to have that plan, right? Because you're not going to want to do this into your 70s and 80s. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. And going back to the last one, I want to talk about is basically. And I spent so much time on the clothing, and I'm sorry about that, but it just applies to so many of my listeners that I wanted to spend more, more time on it. But let's go to the last one, which is basically Detroit Axle, and they're, um, they basically sell car parts for, um, I don't know if it's domestic or, I, I just didn't really look too much time at their site, but um, they basically sell car parts, all right? And there's no indication of how much their store is worth, it isn't, none of that stuff, but you, but going back to what I was talking about before, how do you scale when you have that big of an inventory? Well, one is space, two is people. Now you say they, if you look at their videos, there's a huge warehouse and they said they have three warehouses and they have 400 employees. So this is no small operation. The point is, is that how do they scale people space? Um, got to believe they have, uh, systems behind them. I don't know if they have a website or not. I didn't check. Um, but all these are themes that we've talked about in prior episodes. So let's just wrap this all up, you know, cause that's, you were in 20 some odd minutes into this episode. How do you, wh- what is the point here? The point is, is that number one, you need to have a goal. What do you want to be right? You know, don't be Ander. Don't, don't just say, well, I'll just try this for a bit. I'll start as a side hustle and stuff like that. I mean, I know you're going to do that because that's what everybody does. That's what I did. Um, but you need to have, you need to eventually get a plan. And that plan is one, what size do you want to be? 
Number two, what are all the levers associated with that plan? Meaning, do you need people? Do you need space? Do you need, you know, what, what are your, what systems do you need in place? So on and so forth, right? Number three, what's the roadmap from getting from point A to point B? How do you get, how do you get from a side hustle all the way up to a full scalable business that's ready for sale when it's time for you to stop working, right? What does that roadmap look like? What are the elements of that roadmap? What, you know, what is, what the, what's the product? You know, what's the size of that product? How are you going to ship it? How are you going to list it? How are you going to photograph it? You know, all that stuff, right? Map that stuff out. Start, start writing it down. Focus. Don't be a jack of all trades. I, I, I'm going to tell you, that's the one thing I've, I've learned over the past, let's call it two years, that there's a difference between YouTube and Linda Lightman. You may be very happy doing the YouTube route. Get it. I totally get it. It's, it's definitely fun. Right, going out in thrift stores and finding treasures and so on and so forth is fun. And you don't, if you will get to a Linda Lightman level, and I keep on putting her name out there, um, but uh, she she may still be having fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's a different type of fun. She's not, and maybe she does go to thrift stores for fun, but she's not going there to sustain her business, unless she's talking to, you know, maybe potentially the people that are run Goodwill, for instance, and, and, and send her pallets of stuff. But I guarantee you that she's not running through pallets of old clothes to, to list stuff. I can guarantee you that. Matter of fact, she even talks about it in the, you know, she's getting, she's getting closeouts from manufacturers and retailers that have gone out of business. And so they go to her directly to liquidate their inventory. So it's a very different business. Um, eBay is a marketplace for her. So my point is in all that is that what's your plan, right? So if you want to get a point A to point B, how do you get to that point A to point B? So you start mapping this stuff out and focus. Don't be a jack of all trades. Don't be a YouTuber. Sure. Get some information from them and use it because they do provide very, very good information but scaling your business to a um, Linda Lightman is not one of them. That's why I kind of like what I'm doing here because I think I'm starting to bridge that gap now. And you're, as I grow, as 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 we talk, um, you're seeing me go through this process right now. So I started off as you know, you know, just opening the kimono here, as I wanted to do what the other YouTubers were doing. I wanted to do the the videos where I'm showing. Uh, showing what I've bought and things like that. I totally, I totally liked that model. It looked like a fun model, but I know that for me, my personality type is not going to let it go at that. Your personality type probably different. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's not, but the point is decide where you're going to be right. And then go for it. Okay. And number three, I think it's three, three or four, whatever I am at right now. But, um, don't look at, don't look at the YouTubers and say, um, God, look at them and they're so much bigger than I am and, and yada, yada, yada. Don't do that. Don't look at me and say, okay, Mike's here and, and you know, I'm never, I'm never going to be there or I'm going to, you know, or maybe even a, a Linda Lightman don't say, well, I'm not there. And then just completely be self-defeatist and, and, um, shut down your plan and go, you know, sell insurance or something like that because you, because you say, I'm never going to get that big. If, if you do that, there's tons of, for, for as rich as you can be, there's always somebody richer, right? Perfect example is Jeff Bezos 
for probably five minutes, but you know, he used to be the richest man in the world. Now he's the second richest man of the world, second to a guy that owns Louis Vuitton, for instance. So the point is, is that there's always somebody going to be bigger and better than you, right? So don't, my point is don't compare yourself because if you compare yourself, you're just going to, you're, you're just going to quit before you even start because you say, well, I never, I'm never going to be Linda Lightman. So why bother? Well, Linda Lightman doesn't sell a hundred percent of all the clothing on eBay, just like YouTubers don't sell a hundred percent of the clothing on eBay. Matter of fact, I would imagine to say that there is a whole slew of people that sell a ton of stuff and collectively they sell more than Linda Lightman or sell more than the guys on YouTube full range. So just embrace it, learn from them, pick, look at what they do and just emulate the stuff that you, th- you think you could use to grow your business. Case in point, I think I could teach Linda Lightman a thing or two about uh, inventory control just by looking at the short video that I had and how she stores her inventory. Does she have a better business than I do? Yes, she does. Does she do a lot of things that I could, she could teach me? Absolutely. So look at people who are ahead of you as people who can instruct you on how do you grow your business. Don't look at them and say, well, I'm never going to be that. So why bother? Just look at it this way. The guy who, the Louis, owner of Louis Vuitton, richer than Jeff Bezos, didn't go to space. So their paths are different. I guess that's my point. So just pick your path and go. Okay, thank you for listening. And uh, go to the website, support our sponsors. And if you have any questions or you want me to cover certain topics, just let me know. Go to the website and just email me. And we will see you really soon. Remember, I am recording this uh, a week before, and I'm going to be gone next week. So I'm, I'm trying to bridge the gap here, but um, I might miss a week. Just uh, I'm not going away. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. This episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to. Head on over to oldfashionedmike.com for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time.